0: Welcome to the Monday Morning Tears Cast, the first, best, and only podcast about the goings-on of the Monday Morning Tears Fantasy Football League. Once again, I'm back. I am your host, uh, Vice President Kamara Manager Daniel Kite, here to run down some of the Week 8 action that just happened, and to get into one of my favorite episodes of the year, we're going to be doing Contenders and Pretenders, folks, because this is... I don't know if this is going to cause more or less butt butthurt than the draft podcast has before, uh, but I'm really hoping that we get some butts real hurt here. Uh, but before we get into it, just to quickly recap the matchups that took place last week. We had Spitting Llamas uh, taking a, a rather undignified win over Fields of Wet Dreams. The, uh, the Chiefs curse seems to have followed uh, from Chris's team over to Danny's, with Spitting Llamas taking a pitiful victory uh 86 to 73 we had team tony knocking off bag of mixon 106 to 101 we had Hop that that name's got to change three game winning streak here taken out show me the mooney 99 to 88 we had anal beer and Kittles knocking off the uh, continually pitiful agent of chaos uh 95 to 68. Obi-John Kenobi had one bright spot this week where he knocked off Sony side up 110 to 94. And then yours truly took down uh, the king in the castle right now. Uh, Vice President Kamara beat the second worst drafted team 115 to 87. You know, we gotta, I think Paul, needs, Paul needed a little bit of humbling, so I'm glad I could provide that. Uh, getting a little too big for his britches, in my sense, but I'm glad to do that. And so without further ado, Uh, The the, the format for this week's podcast, we're going to uh, essentially be running down all the list of teams in our league and stating whether a contender, they are contender, which means do they have a reasonable shot at winning a championship? Or are they a pretender? Will they not really have that chance? Are they, you know, they may uh, a pretender may make the playoffs, but perhaps will not have a chance. Uh, we don't think we'll have a chance to win the championship. And to help me do that, I'm I'm bringing back the dream team that threw down our legendary draft podcast. Uh, we got two managers here who just faced off last week against each other. On the line, we've got Daniel DiCarvallo, manager of Fields of Wet Dreams, and we've got Mikey Campos, manager of Spitting Llamas. Uh, Mikey, Danny, Mikey, why don't you tell us first, Mikey, how you doing after a triumphant victory over Danny? Um,
1: still not good, to be honest. I, I still have uh, a bitter taste in my mouth. Um, even though I, I did get lucky enough to beat Danny on the back of his own player, uh, a.k.a. A.J. Brown, um still still sour about how the first half of this season has gone for my abysmal dismantled hurting spinning llamas team based off of injuries and lack of play um uh, but hopefully you know just like last year uh my team can get healthy can get things together and and maybe I can make a strong second push in the half second half of the year i think uh the trade that i i made uh earlier in the week may may help me push that cause but uh it it was a good start to to take out to take out Danny to make that push
0: yeah we'll we'll definitely talk about that trade in a little bit and kind of explore that as we talk about contenders and pretenders but Danny in in back to back weeks you've not only just lost to Mikey but you've also lost to your cousin you you must be reeling right now hey hey i beat my cousin did you beat him i couldn't remember. i thought you yeah. lost to him no i beat him it was 11194 Oh you're right my bad for some reason I just misremembered that okay so okay yeah. so not not yes yeah, so i then. feel
2: great i mean this the loss is whatever it is what it is
0: um but yeah like i mean i might be lost things different though i mean
2: <laughs> you know I, when you get zero from one of your players I, I mean i feel like that's so rare that for a non injury
0: like i don't know i just And I only lost by, what, 13? Uh, Fine,
2: I'll I'll take it. And
0: funnily enough, too, Emmanuel Sanders, formerly on Mikey's team. So it was basically like a 26, you know, that was like a complete swap right there. That was amazing. Yeah, it was a mess. But, you know, it's fine. Um, I do think, um,
2: I am glad that, uh, we're doing this, uh, you know, in week nine now, as opposed to week three at last year. So I commend you for that. I feel like uh, this is going to go a little bit better and maybe uh, leave a little bit of a less sour taste in people's mouth.
0: Yeah, because I mean, the, the the power rankings, I think, uh, fill in for that early season stuff. But now it's kind of fun. We're We're halfway through. We can kind of forecast a little bit better. Um, and speaking of forecasting let's let's get right into it. So we're gonna start at the top right now of our league. We've got in, in first place still, we have Obi John Kenobi, who, you know, for the first eight weeks of the year, like has looked like pretty much the top player in our league. Then with this week's news about Derrick Henry going down and not coming back for the rest of the year, there are some major uh, concerns going forward here. So I'll just quickly ask you all to kind of just give me your quick one-word contender or pretender, and then I'll I'll be the final one there, and then I'll I'll lead us into a discussion there. So let's go. Let's start. Danny, uh, Obi John Kenobi, pretender or contender? Who, uh, John? I hope you're listening. I'm going to call your team a pretender. Ooh, spicy, Mikey. Pretender or contender? Um.
1: I would say pretender as well after the injury.
0: Oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna still rep John a little bit here. I'm still gonna say contender. I think there's still a, a decent chance that John can come out of this with a chip. But I want you all. Okay, let's maybe start with Danny here since you got the family connection there. Danny, tell us why John's a, a pretender. Henry was
2: so big for him in the first, you know, seven weeks that that's like a massive, massive loss. I, I don't think. Sure, he was, like, basically the best team, like, clearly. And I think that he's fallen a lot off. But to to lose someone like Henry and to fill him in with, like, you know, Zach Moss, I I feel like that's a huge loss. His running backs are, are, I mean, Henderson's great, but, you know, he's starting Zach Moss, Hunter Renfrew, and Cole Beasley this week. I, I just, like, that doesn't look like a team that is a contender to me. Personally, I know and I know I understand he has Evans on the bench. Sure, he'll fill in. But even then, like at some point, he's still going to be starting, you know, Hunter Renfro or Cole Beasley at all times and Zach Moss.
0: So and so not a lot of faith in those players then. Mikey, are you you on the similar wavelength there, essentially?
1: Yeah, similar in the sense that, like, if you took away what Henry's production was for him in the beginning of the season, he, he definitely would not have a six and two record. Um, now with that gone which is very unfortunate like I feel for you John like that that's a huge loss um, but yeah like when you look at it like yeah like he has Mike Evans who has actually been great so far this year but like OBJ has been non-existent uh, the other players he has like Moss isn't going to really fill in the same with Renfro. and to be honest he traded Metcalf away for Waller which Waller hasn't been Waller this year uh, so far and we don't really know if he will be, to be honest. So now he has gaping holes in the running back and just some question marks that he will make the playoffs, but is he going to contend for the chip? I don't think he's going to have all the pieces to put together to to make a run like that.
0: So I'll, I'll provide the optimist case for uh, John's team then. Uh, I, I do think Henderson is going to stay in RB1 the rest of the way. So I think, you know, I, I think a... Qualification that any good chip team needs to have is an RB1, and I think Henderson can provide that. I think Zach Moss is due for. Uh, I think I think the the Bills' schedule the rest of the way favors the run pretty decently, and I think Zach Moss can step into that. Cole Beasley, I think after really kind of not being around for the first cut co- you know, few games of the year, is back to averaging nearly ten targets a game. And if he's gonna keep getting that volume, I think that's perfectly adequate flex value. And uh now that Henry Ruggs is in jail, uh Hunter Renfrew and Darren Waller, uh, you know, don't look I think that's an upgrade for them. I think that gives them a bit more work there. Uh so personally I still see the the bones of a team here. Tom Brady's gonna keep you know, keeping that offense humming and keep things going. I still think there's a, a universe where this breaks right for John. Uh, so, John, I'm 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 repping for you here, but I, I also uh, understand where y'all are coming from. I can definitely hear the the uh, the negative take here, but I think there's enough here on the positive side that John can pull something out. Uh, any any of you guys want to respond to any of that or have any thoughts
1: regarding the Renfro and Waller? I I, I, I can see Waller, yes. Uh, but not Renfro. Like, what Ruggs was was a deep threat pass, and if anything, that's what Edwards is going to benefit from. Or at least Edwards should, a.k.a. Why I picked him up and let's see what happens there. But yeah, I, I think Moss can I think Moss can fill in nicely if they continue to run him over Singletary there. Um, so I, I can see where that world is happening. But I, I think with Beasley, it's too crowded there with... Uh, with Emmanuel Sanders and then Knox going to come back after his thumb injury that you you can't rely on Beasley on a, on a week-to-week basis. Like, yeah, he's going to have his games, but I don't think it's going to be as consistent. Like, even you're seeing the struggles with Diggs, right? So uh, it, it's going to be tough for him to, put a, to pull, him, to pull a, a consistent playoff streak of, let's say, three solid weeks, I think, with this team.
0: Fair enough. Let's uh let's then transition to the bottom of the league then. Uh and let's let's let me just check my notes real quick here. Who is that at the bottom of the league? Right? Oh yes, that's Spitting Llamas. Okay. Um so Danny, uh Spitting Llamas, uh pretender or pretender?
2: Pretender.
0: Uh yeah, he's it's not even like you haven't even gotten <laughs> the hammer yet. It is you are pretender. Like that's what's happening right now. Um I'm I'm definitely on the pretender side. Mikey, are you even gonna try and rep yourself here? Are you gonna try and act like you're a contender?
1: No, I'm definitely a pretender. I, I don't plan on contending for the chip, but I'm still gonna try to make a playoff push.
0: Okay, so then here's maybe our follow-up question since we all agree that uh Mikey is a pretender here. Um Let's, uh, Danny, I'll I'll throw this question to you first. Is Mikey the favorite uh, for the Toilet Bowl? Do you think of like those teams that might finish at the bottom there, do you think he's got a team that will be good enough to take on those bottom teams and potentially win the Toilet Bowl in the first overall pick?
2: No, I don't think he'll win the Toilet Bowl. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but I don't... Yeah, no, I don't think he's actually the worst team on paper. So... I, I okay, think Mikey so then, should is what, what
0: reason does Mikey have for optimism then? Mikey still
2: has a, a RB1 and a WR1 on his team um, and some upside. So those two alone are good enough for a solid floor. I think AJ Brown is, is going to get an uptick now with, with Henry Hurt. So I, I think I think he has that to hold his head on. His other players kind of around him are questionable. Um and, I mean, CEH is going to come back, hopefully, to give him a little bit more of a boost. So, I-, I think if you compare his team to some other teams there at the bottom, I just think that, you know, he, he at least has that that top talent that will carry him through those matchups.
0: So, so Mikey, then, I'll, I'll ask you to try and see if you're out more optimistic. Like, if you gave yourself a percentage chance to make the playoffs at this point, what would you say your percentage chance is
1: to make the playoffs? probably say between 25 to 40 percent
0: okay tell us why
1: well obviously my record two and six but uh i'm only two games out of a playoff spot at the moment and i do think that my second half should be better aka like I i traded for aj brown who i think is gonna have a resurgent second half of the season and i think just like what danny said with now him uh, with Henry being out, I, I think even Tannenhill going to look better, like how I drafted him to look like. Um, and then, yeah, I should have CEH back and Cook is healthy now again. So if I have a, a healthy Cook, cross your fingers, and, and CEH mixed with the McLaurin and Brown, I, I think it could be enough to, to hopefully maybe make a push uh, towards the end here. Um, and and that's what I would have to bank on, with, you know, barring any further injuries.
0: Yeah, I I think I'm right there with you guys. Uh, Mikey's team is probably better than being a last place team. Uh, definitely with Dalvin Cook on there, it's hard to really imagine a team like that being a last place team. Uh, and you and you can see the the solid lineup there when everyone's healthy, like a, a position player like uh, roster of of Cook, C E H. Claypool, A.J. Brown, and Terry McLaurin. That those are that's a good position player core, uh, and I agree. Would agree that with uh, Henry out, Tannehill is probably going to have to get a lot more work, and will probably start to look a bit better. So I, I would say, yeah, like forty to fifty percent is probably a a good range for you. I think I might be a little bit more optimistic about your team, Mikey, and that you know goes back a bit to. Uh, when I, you know, considered you one of the top drafted teams. So I think there's still the the bones of a good team there. Uh, But yeah, we're going to have to see how that all shakes out. Uh, So let's go back up to the top. We're going to look at the second worst drafted team uh, managed by Paul. Uh, Mikey, Paul's team, contender or pretender? Pretender. Annie, contender or pretender? Contender. Yeah, I'm going to go with a contender on there too. And I still think if Paul wins the chip that I think I should have my name uh, engraved underneath <laughs> his. But I think it is a joint uh, championship at this point. God, um, I uh, I really did not expect uh, James Robinson and Jamar Chase to uh, keep looking the way they did or to, con- like, keep doing those things. And I uh, am regretting that trade on the daily. Could you, um, could you imagine your
2: team if you had James Robinson and Jamar Chase on them? Danny, I imagine it every day. <laughs>
0: uh, I imagine it every day, um, but I, I still feel. I mean, we'll we'll get to my team later. But let's let's maybe try and think of a a, a topic of discussion here for Paul. Um, Mikey, is there reason to be concerned about? Maybe, I'm a little bit curious about Debo Samuel, because I'm curious if Trey Lance starts taking the reins, which I think will happen, you know, eventually at some point in the year, especially when we get down the stretch. Uh, do you think there's a risk of Debo kind of falling off a little bit and, and not maintaining that WR1 status? And, you know, those Jamar Chase, because I think what we've seen from Paul's team is some wide receivers Constantly having ceiling games and not really having any floor games, do you think there's do you think the regression monster is coming for paul's team at some point
1: so yes and no and, and i'll and I'll explain why I say that like i'm gonna go back to our that very first podcast we did about uh ranking each team and I said about paul's team is it's a good team though he drafted a lot of injury prone players, which would be a high risk to to be bad this season, and so far, to be honest, that hasn't like he's been pretty healthy. Like knock on wood for him, uh, Debo Samuel. Like who would have thought Debo Samuel would still be healthy at this point of the season? Um, though he does have a calf injury uh, right now, so it's going to be curious to see if this lingers on and if it gets worse for Debo, and if Lance does start of throwing the ball, I don't know if Debo will maintain his status. Especially with Kittle coming back too, you got to remember Kittle's been injured himself. So with Kittle coming back, I don't know if Debo can can still produce exactly what he's doing for fantasy. But I think it's gonna be more based on if, can he stay healthy for him. Um, but yeah, he he uh, he would not be this team without that trade that you did with him. Um, but if he can stay healthy, like if Jones comes back, if D, if Debo can stay healthy, I. Uh, he he should be okay to make a a strong push into the playoffs
0: yeah and and something that i posited in the 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 power rankings this week as well was that i think paul maybe has the strongest depth at running back right now uh danny do you see that kind of as a strength that'll help carry paul to the playoffs or do you think there's a lot of kind of situational stuff that might be different uh come time for the playoffs
2: yeah and I think I think his
0: running back depth. I mean, you're really referring to
2: the th- his three starters. Again, maybe McKissick a bit now that uh, Gibson is kind of hobbled, but um, yeah, no, for sure. I think Jacobs was hurt, and you didn't really notice anything from his production because he still has those other two guys. So I think that's a big part of it. And, and I think we're speaking to your, the production comment you met, you made about maybe those guys falling off. I, I think his guys have been so good, like Jonathan Taylor, Depot, and and Chase, that they can fall off a little bit. And he will still have a really good team, right? Like they—they've been having ceiling games, but if they have, you know, back-end WR one games, I—I I think he'll still—he has enough talent on his team that that you know one or two of them might pop off one game, and and he can survive the other ones having an average game. Um, but Paul, yeah, Paul's team has just is just filled with guys that are are basically you know top performers at right now. So I mean, it's it's hard not to think that he's going to be contending this year, which is odd to say for. For a former butt hurt bowl winner,
1: if I were Paul, um, just to add a little thing here. Looking at his team, with he should take advantage of the depth he does have right now uh, before the trade deadline and see if he can get an upgrade in tight end to really complete his roster, her starting roster for the playoffs. If I were him, I, I would maybe consider that.
0: You're definitely the first person to think that, Mikey, and not (laughs) someone who asked that exact question or said the exact thing in his power rankings this week. But but I definitely agree with you. I think Paul probably should be on the hunt there to maybe, like, McKissick seems like a really nice short-term target uh, to kind of throw in with Engram to try and get something at tight end. Maybe see if someone's willing to sell uh, a Mike Gasecki aka Kimbert, since you have two tight ends still and you refuse to give them up uh i think that would be a good trading partner and anyone else who's got a couple tight ends out there uh but i 100 percent agree i i'm always a big fan of trying to sell depth for strength uh and i would think if paul did that that would make his roster uh really really dangerous come playoff time so let's head down back to the bottom of the league let's go to the agent of chaos uh maybe the last week was just insane the amount of action we saw there uh i'm definitely again i know no hate on calvin ridley but i am still pretty butthurt that uh after our trade negotiation that uh chris was able to get a better offer and i didn't get to move on from uh mr ridley uh but so it goes uh gentlemen let's go let's start with danny uh agent of chaos contender or pretender yeah, I'm sorry to say but that he's got to be a pretender. Mikey?
1: A pretender, pretender.
0: Yeah, I think I have to go pretender here too. Um for me when I look at his team, my my biggest worry is ceiling and upside. I I there's not a lot of guys here that I think flash huge amounts of like, you know, league like like uh, not league winning, but rather even like weak winning talent. Like there's DeAndre Swift and maybe Tyler Lockett, but uh, a lot of these other folks here, I don't necessarily see uh, the ceiling there. Um, Danny, are you kind of on the same page as that, or do you think there's maybe something else going on here? Is there, is there any reason for optimism here for Chris? No, I'm with you. I think that... Um... He sold
2: his talent for for depth. It seems like, the, especially the trade with Mikey, when he traded like a WR one. I mean, he wasn't performing at WR one at the time, AJ Brown, but WR one for for two like WR twos or slash threes. So, you know, that I I think maybe was a trade he probably maybe didn't need to do if he wanted to retain top talent. But um, no, I, I'm with you. I, I think I think he'll not you know have horrible floors just because a lot of his players like you know we'll put up points and our goal line guys and we'll get touchdowns but i just don't know if he'll have good ceiling games um and, and i just think that that's just not going to result in wins unfortunately
0: yeah and and just going back to that AJ Brown trade Mikey you you must have probably felt pretty happy to move on from Robert Woods who's been pretty disappointing as the year went on now now Chris explained his logic there Thinking that Woods would uh, get some regression. and to be fair, Woods did put up two touchdowns. I think last week, so there is or one touchdown rather. I mean, there was some some value there to be had. Um, but I I think that that AJ Brown trade is going to be a nice piece of business for you. So, like, how why don't we just say how happy were you when he agreed to that trade?
1: I was pretty happy. I just put it out there, listening to the podcast, I was like you know what, maybe he'll... I I didn't expect him to accept it right away. I thought he was going to negotiate, but um, I I thought it was genuinely still kind of fair. Like Robert Woods has a bitter taste in his mouth because when you say his name, just because of how good Cooper Cup has done so far compared to him, who would have thought that like Cooper Cup would be his go-to and not Woods? But to be fair, Woods is... A middle like he's 16th right now in wide receivers. He is a WR2, and like in eight weeks played, he does have six weeks with ten points or more. So it's not that Woods is doing terrible. It's just not the expectations we went into the season with. Um, so you just have to adjust a little bit. But yeah, be you know for me because I had the depth in wide receiver and with Sanders, I felt great about it because I'm like yeah, I got a legitimate. RB1, uh, sorry, a WR1 in A.J. Brown, who hasn't performed that way in the beginning of the season, but I sure believe he will now in the second half of the season. Um, And maybe he just wanted more depth in his team, but yeah, he doesn't really have, like Danny was saying, that that solidified piece. He just has a lot of depth pieces, and he kind of has a low ceiling now, in his team that that's going to make it difficult for him to, to be, I think consistent with wins. Uh, I I think he really just blew his team up after uh, his case, after losing with Casey uh, the last couple of weeks.
0: So then I'm going to Danny, I'm going to just like, let's put a little bow on this. Um, Would you say at this moment that Chris's team is odds on favorite to win the toilet bowl? Yeah,
2: I I think so. That's who I would put my money on
0: uh, right now uh there's just
2: you know there's always schedule luck but uh i, I think i think it has to be chris
0: I, th- I think i have to agree with that i don't like agreeing with it but i think i do too um there's one team that we'll get to a little bit later that i think might fall off that i think could contend for that but uh we'll save that for a little bit later uh moving on back up to the top of the league We have yours truly, Vice President Kamara Harris. Uh, So I know, I mean, I know my own thoughts. Um, But Mikey, VP Kamara Harris, contender or pretender?
1: After uh, the news we heard about Ridley, I will go pretender.
0: (laughs) I'll say contender. I I think I'm a contender as well. I'm still on that side. But uh, Mikey, you go ahead and make the case.
1: Uh, the only reason why I'll say that is, is because obviously he's a he he drafted him I think in the second second pick and he hasn't really performed for you and I know you've been trying to trade bait him and stuff but now that he's officially out like it's it, it, it's tough and and you know kamara has been actually like great for you I, and Harris has been good for you too uh, but I think you have now that gaping hole be like as like in depth. Like Bateman could be good for you. Uh, Hawkinson hasn't been what you you've expected. Same with Diggs so far. Like you will make the playoffs. I, I 100% believe you will make the playoffs uh, as a strong, probably in the middle pack between like that three to six range. Um, but I just I don't know if you'll have the that extra push needed to to string along like three solid weeks to to win the championship.
0: Yeah, I can, it was definitely a blow to see uh, Ridley kind of step away from football for the part-time future. I don't know if he's planning to come back this season at all. I don't know if there's been anything that's been said, whether he will or won't. So I'm I'm going to hold out hope that he, you know, does what he needs to do and gets his head right and is able to come back strong maybe in a few weeks. Uh, but even if he doesn't, I I mean, I put him on the trade block, but like, I, I do love me some Brandon Cooks. I think he can fill into that WR2 spot perfectly adequately. And, you know, as the wide receiver 17 on the year, like he's shown that he can. Tyrod Taylor's coming back and, you know, that's going to be a QB upgrade, which will also probably be a Cooks upgrade. And I'm still hopeful that, uh, you know, the, the rest of the guys on there can kind of step up and, and have good second halves of the year. Um Danny, I feel like I want to talk to you about my I think the most divisive player on my roster is probably Damian Harris. Uh because I've been a big Damian Harris stan for the past uh, few weeks now, really beating the drum for him. Uh where do you fall on Damian Harris because I think my year maybe lives and dies by Damian Harris. What do you think?
2: I think Damian Harris is a big part uh,
0: it would be a big reason why uh you
2: would go far. Like if he kind of does well. Though I, I will say uh, I don't think that will happen, and, and that's because Damian Harris's value is always tied, or like his performance in the week is tied to matchups. Right, New England and Bill Pel- Bill Belichick plays like to the strength or to the weakness of the defense. Right, he- he'll, he's not going to run Damian Harris twenty times if he's placed play- facing a strong run D. And looking at the schedule, they play. You know, two of the three strongest rundies in the la- in the two weeks of the playoffs, uh, fifteen and sixteen, Indian Buffalo. So I-, I think at that point, Damian Harris might not be a strong play. I- I- if you look at his matchups, and you're looking at outside of Dallas, I suppose he- he's done well against all of the bad rundies, but not well against you know the good rundies. He only ran four times against Tampa Bay, six times against New. Orleans. I think that's going to be your challenge because he's not a pass catcher right so uh, i think he's a great play in matchup matchup dependent
0: I, my main hope there is that with a couple of those playoff matchups like it seems to just kind of be if the pats are in the game like damian harris is still going to get some action and especially if they're leading and if I project ahead, like I think the Pats will be in the game against Indy, even though they're a good run defense, I think they'll probably, I think they're a better team than Indy right now, and I think they're definitely a better team than Jacksonville. So I can see Damian Harris still being involved in that Indianapolis game, and at least like you know potentially vulturing a touchdown when they get to like the one yard line. So I think their their defense, especially in the past, is so bad that I think they'll get they'll they'll still be in the game and still have the run. But yeah, that Buffalo game is definitely a nervy one i mean the only thing i have going for me there is that it's a home game and you know the buffalo in new england seems to struggle but uh yeah i'm i'm, I'm right there with you honestly that playoff schedule is not great for him and it does make me a little bit nervous so can i, I ask you one more question sure. and this is not
2: about harris this is about another player in your team who i have a vested interest in and that's alvin Kamara. Yeah. So this is this is a uh, good timing because we've spoken about this uh, in the pre-draft or draft um, okay. review about how there's a real chance that Taysom Hill takes over as as quarterback. So that seems like reality at this point. Do you think that's going to affect his
0: value? I think it probably will. Like, does it maybe downgrade Kamara a little bit? I'd say so. I know there's those stats, you brought it up before, how he became like an RB2 with Taysom Hill. But I think my counter to that is that, frankly, like there's no one else there at this point. Like last year, I think Michael Thomas was still kicking around a bit, and they even had Emmanuel Sanders on that team to kind of throw around to. And will Taysom Hill probably have some designed run plays around the end zone that might uh, steal some touchdowns from Kamara? Probably, yeah. But at the same time, too, I'm still looking at that Saints offense, and I'm still thinking, you know, there's no one else to throw to. And Kamara is still going to probably get that volume. Uh, and even with Ingram there, too, I'm not super worried that Ingram is going to, like, really downgrade Kamara because Kamara was still a top running back with Ingram there, you know, three, four years ago. And Ingram is now older and not as good. Uh, so do I still, th- I still think Kamara is an RB1. Do I still think and I still think that he's going to finish better and stronger than Ezekiel Harris. I'm still feeling decently confident about that. I do. I I think it's for me, I'd say it's still slightly better than a coin flip. Like, I I don't I still I think it's close, but I'd still put my money on Kamara. But uh, yeah, I I am a little bit worried with Taysom Hill coming in, but I'm hoping maybe with a year to scheme and kind of to see what else the offense has that Kamara maintains his role there. What, What do you think? I, I think I, I still think he he can put up RB one numbers,
2: but but I think he goes from being a top five RB to like a back back end RB one, uh, and and I, I mean I want to see how the first game first few games shake out with Taysom Hill, but uh, I I think the combination of Taysom Hill and actually bringing Mark Ingram back, uh, I, and I know Mark Ingram on his own is not going to do much, but he will take rushing work right. Previously, Kamara was getting basically hundred percent of it, especially with Tony Jones hurt. So I think he'll lose some of that rushing work and he's not going to get as much receiving work with Taysom because instead of dumping it off, he's going to run. Um, so I, I think he, his value definitely takes a hit. But I mean, that said, I still think your team is good enough to make the playoffs for sure and, and you know potentially contend even with the Kamara hit. Um, yeah. But I just think it's 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 something to, to be concerned about. And I'm actually really glad about it
0: from a, a, our bet perspective because I'm, I still feel okay about it. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, like I still don't. I'm not stu- super worried about our bet just because I know that I'm winning my bet with Andre. Uh, so I know <laughs> I'm still coming out even no matter what. Um, so I, I agree. I'm feeling good there, and I'm still holding out hope for Hawkinson. I, he's still getting an, an insane amount of volume, and I mean, Mikey, you said I I haven't gotten what I've drafted, but he's still the the tight end three right now. Like, is he far and away the tight end three? No, but he he is. I've I've been frustrated by Hawkinson, but it's like. You know, the process is there. He's still getting averaging like eight nine targets a game. And I know the lions suck, but eventually they're gonna have to, like get a touchdown. He's gonna have to get a touchdown at some point, uh, I hope
1: <laughs> I know, um, yeah. I, know I said that. yeah, I know I said that about hawkinson and and what's crazy is he is the three. You're right. But I think that's more of a knock of just how terrible the Titans have been so far this year. <laughs> that yeah, more, yeah, that, I, more than a Hawkinson himself. I really like, don't
2: think you can appreciate like you appreciated how good Travis Kelsey was last year. Like he was legitimately like the dub- I felt like he was a, I mean, outside of Devonta Adams, but he was like one of the best dub- like wide receivers in your tight end spot. And that, I don't think that exists this year at all. Even Kelsey's not Kelsey, so. Yeah. But you're right in the sense of he's still been one of the best tight ends, but he's one of the best players in the, like a relatively yeah. shitty position. Like he's
1: uh, <laughs> he's third he's third tight end with half of the games with less than ten points in PPR.
0: Yeah, no, I I hear you. Like I I agree. I, my my main hope is simply that some touchdown regression comes and maybe the Lions figure something out during the bye week, uh, and they're able to kind of string together some better performances. Now, I mean, they got some the only real tough defenses that we're seeing there kind of come out of the bye week look like pittsburgh and cleveland and maybe denver to a certain extent but i got his playoff defenses don't worry me overly um so i don't know i'm gonna hold out hope we'll see what goes but we've talked about my team for too long uh let's go back down to the bottom here uh let's talk about d hop (sighs) um we missed cambo Oh, sorry, we skipped Kimbert. Sorry, yes, I'm going too fast. Uh, All right, Kimbert's team. Uh, Danny, contender or pretender? Um,
2: If you asked me three weeks ago, I would have said contender, but I think at this point I've got to say pretender.
0: Okay, Mikey, what do you think?
1: I'm going to say contender.
0: Ooh, spicy. I think I'm slightly on the pretender side, too. Uh, I, I fall more there. Uh, but Mikey, what, what are you seeing in Kimbert's team that you think can win, win him a chip?
1: I think, well, I think when he gets Wilson back, he has a strong enough team to make the playoffs. And it's going to have to be on the back of his two RBs. The fact that Mixon is uh, Mixon and Eckler are both in the top 10, and obviously Eckler second, he definitely has, I think, right now the strongest one-two punch in running back. Uh, you know, everyone with everybody who has injuries or, or whatnot. Uh, Williams, yes, has not performed uh, well in the last two games, but I'm, I'm I'm kind of fell back down to earth. But I, I do think it's here to stay. Like, I don't think he's going to be like that number one or number two overall, but I think he will be a, like a low end WR one or at very high-end WR2. Um, he's talented enough. Herbert is talented enough. And obviously, they, they look at him in the end zone enough that uh, he's a solid wide receiver choice there. DJ Moore, he, he's a lot better than what he was last year. And I know the offense has stunk up a lot the last couple of weeks in Carolina, uh, but I, I think he'll be fine. And, and I think if he makes the playoffs... He has a good enough talent with Nick Mixon, Eckler, Wilson, and if Williams gets hot, like he can make a push uh, with the, on the back of those guys alone.
0: So, Danny, what makes you more pessimistic? There is it is it wide receiver questions mainly?
1: Yeah,
2: I think I think both Williams and and DJ Moore started off like incredibly hot, like they were basically best wide receivers in the league, hot kind of thing, and and they they really dropped off and uh with Williams I think he's falling back to what we expect him expected him to be I, I think he'll bounce back a little bit not you know under four points two weeks in a row but I, I don't think he's going to be back in WR1 good I think he could provide WR2 value and, and similar to DJ Moore I think um you know first four weeks he was really really good and I, I don't know if if it was Sam Darnold, just was on fire, and Sam Darnold's been absolute water trash the last four weeks. <laughs> um, they've even been talking about starting like their the backup PJ Tucker or Walker or whatever his name is. So I, I just don't know that he's he's going to be able to to rely on those guys as much. They'll still be decent. They're still good WR twos at minimum. But like Mikey said, he'll he's going to have to ride off the back of his his running backs, um, who I think can take him to the playoffs. And and when I say contender. I don't mean, I, I think he'll make the playoffs, likely. Um, I, actually, I don't know. He's actually 10th right now, so maybe not. But he, I just don't see him actually, like, making the finals and, and then, like, being a strong contender to win it. I just, I just don't see that, unfortunately.
0: But how can you deny a team with all-star Mike Gasecki uh <laughs> in their tight end? Actually, Kimber will tell you, I did try to trade with him for Gasecki last week. Uh, but uh, I got shot down by Kimbert. He
2: actually been looking pretty good.
0: Um, he has, honestly. I, I was saying this in the chat. Like Mike Gusecki is, has been production-wise great, and I have no problem with it, but I, I, I still stand by his sixth-round selection was an absolute abomination.
1: Oh, the only thing I'll oh, say yeah. about Kimbo, Kimbert, not the team, but him himself, absolutely terrible with trying to do trading with. Like... uh. Like, I I know that you want to better your team, but you got to come with some realistic trades, man. Come on.
0: You know, the the funny thing is, I believe he has said the exact same thing about you to me.
1: (laughs) Maybe. I actually offered this... No, it's not
0: maybe. It's true. He has said that to me.
1: Uh, I'll say it. I offered him at this time uh, a couple of weeks ago. I offered him Claypool for Robinson, and he shut it down and uh he no, wanted really,
0: yes he should have taken that trade in a heartbeat
1: you and did that when I... mikey oh this was uh i think just before the week six or week six by week or something i think this is just when they were about to switch the fields or something like that okay okay yeah i'm actually happy that he turned it down
0: i i kind of do have my concerns about the wide receiver core there um but you know what with three top running backs you know Melvin Gordon leading the way, I, Danny. I'm sure you love to see that. Um, you you know yeah. actually I'll save I'll save the Melvin Gordon talk for when we talk about your team, Danny, because I think I want to have some fun dunking on you when we get to that point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I it's weird. I can see the bones there. Like Kimbert's team was reminds me a little bit of Chris's team at the start of the year, where it was like this boom bust kind of cycle. Where Kimbert's team has, I think, a really high ceiling, but also can have a fairly low floor Uh, and when you're at three and five right now granted only one game out of a playoff spot but when you're kind of have have been losing those games early on it's it's kind of hard to to want to roll forward with a team like that Um, so let's move on to our seventh team so far we're going to go up to Taras and talk about anal Beer and Kittles Uh, so Mikey with Taras's team do you think his team is a contender or his team is a pretender
1: Oh, this is a, his is a tough one, uh, to be honest. I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go with Pretender.
0: Any? I don't
2: think this is a tough one at all. I, I, I think, I personally would put Taras as one of my favorites. I think he's a contender for me.
0: I'm right there with you. I think Taras is definitely a strong roster. I have him as a contender as well. Uh, Primarily for me, down to the emergence of Michael Pittman as really stating his place as a solid kind of mid-WR2 with a high-end WR1 upside in a week. Uh, I think it's a a really complete team. It's hard to look at that starting roster when everyone's kind of up and running and, you know, feel bad about what you see there. But uh, Mikey, what's maybe causing you some hesitation?
1: Uh so it's actually funny. I, as I looked it more into his bench, I totally forgot he had Fournette there, who's actually been obviously really well. Um yeah, I, I didn't see him there. I, I would say yeah, he he should be a contender then. Um hey,
0: Mikey's flip flopped. <laughs> I, I, I flip I, I
1: I saw Fournette, I didn't see Fournette there until afterwards. I forgot he had him. Uh, with Fournette obviously up there and he has full strength. Uh he does have a solid team. Like you, you can't deny it with that uh the surgeons of, of Michael Pittman.
0: Danny, is Fournette as good as Jordan Howard? Yo, that was you. I said Fournette's good. You're, I know you're, you did. I, I just <laughs> needed to hear you confirm it. I just needed to hear you confirm it. Yeah, Fournette's great. I, I thought it, I liked him last year. And he, or Was it last year or two years ago? I think Didn't we have a bet with him? I think it was last year.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I think he's only... I mean do you guys make it out that he's like this ancient dude this guy's like twenty five or twenty six like
0: <laughs> it's weird it feels like he's been around forever, honestly, but yeah, you're right he's he's only twenty six years old and this is like his fifth year in the league yeah like he's uh you know he's he's
2: been amazing for him i think i try i i' mean him almost made a deal a while ago for 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 fournette before he started being consistent uh which is unfortunate but um i even even if I didn't see fournette on his team i think Taras would be a contender. I mean, I'm not a huge Gaskin fan, but I think he he could piece together a flex. And I think his his two running backs. I would actually think I say that Harris and Chubb are are better than than Kimberts two, um, followed by you know his his flex in Fournette. Is just I don't know. I, I think that Taras has uh, basically he's my probably favorite along with Paul. I think those would be my two two favorites.
0: Yeah, I think I agree with you on that. Like, I, I mean, I, I think because of my homerism, I think I have myself in that same tier. Uh, but I think probably those two probably do stand out. I'm a little less bullish on Chubb, uh, even with Kareem Hunt out. Like, I, I don't know. Something rubs me the wrong way about that Cleveland offense this year. I'm just kind of not, not really getting the, the vibe from it. But I am like, uh, you know, Deontay Johnson's getting a ton of volume, so he's going to be a solid wide receiver there. Andrews is still getting a huge amount of target share. Gaskin seems to be uh, rejuvenated after looking like a ghost for a couple weeks there. He's, He's back with a vengeance, and it seems to be part of the offense. Uh... And you know what? He's got star wide receiver Michael Thomas to come. Oh, oh, wait, sorry. My apologies. Uh, uh, Yeah, no, I think I think the bones here are good. My actual only concern is maybe Kyler Murray, uh, because he has not really looked Kyler Murray esque this year, especially with the running. And, uh, you know, who knows what happens with his ankle and if that maybe sets him off a little bit. But I do have some minor concerns about Kyler Murray. But I think overall I agree with you guys. Uh, This is a strong team that I think is primed to make a strong push. Uh, Let's go then to Nick. I was a little bit preemptive there. Now we're at Nick's team. Let's go to Mikey. Mikey, uh, is D-Hop a contender or a pretender?
1: A pretender.
0: Danny? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I've got to say pretender.
2: Though I do think he could potentially make a run, but I think I've got a side the, on the pretender side.
0: This is the hardest one for me to judge because just literally four injuries. Uh, yeah. Uh, his team is just so banged up. But for me, like, if it gets to week 14 and there is a healthy Barkley, a healthy Kittle a healthy Montgomery, a healthy Hopkins and that lineup is optimized to start. I kind of see how this can be a pretender, yeah. sorry, a, a contender team. So I'm I'm going to say contender with a caveat that you know health breaks correct here cuz just I see I see too much upside in that lineup uh, to not potentially uh, go go a huge run. Yeah. In
2: and that's that's why I did say he could make a run. And, and I, I feel the same way. I think, yeah, I mean, if we're talking, you know, five weeks from now and everyone's healthy, and, and, and that's, I know that's a big if because, you know, a lot of his guys have been injured and, and all that. But, you know, with Kittle back too, I don't, if he you know, comes anywhere close to what he's been, I, I, he, yeah, Nick could definitely make a run and is a contender. But, that, that you know, get healthy.
0: Yeah, just get get healthy, bro. Get healthy. Uh Take care. Mikey. Like, do you have any any uh, any non kind of uh, health concerns there? Anything that maybe makes you further worried about uh, Nick's team?
1: Uh, well, yeah, I put him as a pretender mostly because of the amount of injuries, and and I'm not sure with the timelines of these guys coming back if if he'll be able to to make a push. It might be too late to make a push. But the only guy I would have a concern with, even when he comes back, is Montgomery. I, I think uh, even when Montgomery comes back, it's not guaranteed he's going to have as many touches as he used to now with the assertions of um, of Herbert there. Uh, I, I do, like There's that concern that he's now going to eat into Montgomery's uh, workload uh, when he comes back and healthy. Um, so that would be probably the only concern about uh, I have with his team once it is up and running again.
0: So, Danny, as our as our resident Bears fan, do you agree with Mikey's assessment there, or do you think Montgomery steps back into an RB two role?
2: No, I I think Montgomery he might not be as good, but I think I think he's still close to as good, um, and, and that's just because I think they fade Damian Williams. I, I think Her- Herbert takes the Damian Williams role, who was getting like eight carries a game, basically, and. and Montgomery is a much better pass catcher than Herbert too, so he'll maintain that role. So
0: I, I still think Montgomery will will be uh, pretty good. Yeah, I, I think for me, an interesting question too is at quarterback. Like, does Trey Lance become the starter in the second half and become like you know the the running gun kind of Andrew Luck kind of quarterback that's back there? That could be an interesting wrinkle. And and yeah, that season might live and die a little bit by Aaron Rodgers slash Trey Lance, but. I think I, I still feel okay calling him a contender, but I've, the obvious arguments are there for the pretender side too. I just wanted
2: to say one thing. Uh, I was kind of butthurt that, that Nick was able to get David Johnson quickly after the news uh, of the trade for Ingram.
1: And then last
2: game, and they were talking about how how he's going to you know, be a workhorse. He's kind of whopping two carries for four yards last game. Um, and I think that's so unfortunate, but so funny.
0: I mean, the moral of the story is fade the Texans run game. I, I don't know why anyone would be investing any shares in that running game. It just, fade the passing game, there's some viable options, obviously, but uh, hard, hard, hard fade on the running game. But
1: well, when the running back depth is, uh, is 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 very scarce out there, you go for what you can get.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Get the stress. So this, this is from the guy who's starting Kenny Gainwell right now. Also, I said fuck Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, fuck Aaron Rodgers too. Get vaccinated, you dipshit. (laughs) Piece of shit. (laughs) Piece of shit. Uh, Let's move on to Danny's team. We've gotten finally to our our third person on the pod here. So Danny's sitting sitting pretty in eighth place right now in a playoff spot. Uh, Mikey, is Danny a pretender or a contender?
1: I'm going to say contender.
0: Danny, I am going to i'm torn on this one honestly i know i think i know what you think i i want to cause a little drama i'm gonna say pretender okay kenny what do you think about your own team i think i I think i can contend for sure i think you can too but i also want to kind of cause a little drama here so let me let me give you the pessimist case uh for your team this year uh patrick mahomes and tyree Hill don't get right Something is just off. Mahomes is trying to do too much, uh, and he's not able to be a quarterback that can win you weeks. Uh, Michael Carter is showing out well, but once Zach Wilson gets back and healthy, he's not going to be as involved in the offense and isn't going to get used. Devontae Williams is clearly not as trusted as Melvin Gordon on that Broncos roster, and since Melvin Gordon wasn't traded this week, they're going to keep riding Gordon strongly. And, uh, Jeremy McNichols is only going to be a passing down back and you spent way too much fab on him. Uh, Danny, (laughs) respond. I, which, to which point? All of them? Uh, you pick. Say, so I,
2: I don't think, I think the concern would be for Mahomes. Hill is, Hill is still the number two wide receiver, regardless of the Chiefs' struggles. So I, I'm not concerned to him, for him at all. Mahomes, yeah, sure. I understand that. Um, uh, Carter, sure, I agree with. Uh, running back, two could be uh, a challenge. Um, Javonta Williams, he has been getting 50% of the carries basically, basically split down the middle, and the difference has been a few touchdowns, but the red zone carries have been also pretty split down the middle. So that I'm not sure that they trust Gordon more. I think he's just gotten the break of touchdowns the last two weeks. Um, and McNichols... He is a 100% pure upside play. I, I think everyone's putting so much trust in 36-year-old Adrian Peterson to come back off the street and just take a Henry-like ro- uh, load. I really do not think that's going to happen. And I think McNichols is going to get a little bit more run than, than people think.
0: I, I mostly agree with you on McNichols. I mean, I, I had the second-highest bid on him, and that's kind of why, because I, I actually agree with that for the most part. Um. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, Mikey, what, what do you see in Danny's team that makes him a contender?
1: Well, oh, first of all, with Mahomes, you guys are concerned about him. And, and I get why. Like, obviously, we're not seeing the same offense that we're used to seeing. But in fantasy purposes, if this is the worst Mahomes is going to be, and he's still the fifth quarterback, then I would still take that. Like, I think it might not be exactly back to the offense we're used to seeing, but I think they will get right to a sense where it's better than what it is right now. I think we're seeing the floor um, and I think it will get better. But if the worst is him being the fifth quarterback, I think anybody would take that. Um, Obviously, Elliott's been strong. Uh, Hill has, like Danny said, has been strong. I think Lamb is still gonna continue to be good. And he, yeah, he can he can he can literally make a run with it off the back of those guys. And, and I do think that between Carter and you know AJ a, a. Brown, Sanders, uh, Williams, like he has good enough guys that he can put as a flex play. Logan Thomas should be coming back as well. Uh, sorry, but th- just to go back, like Carter's. Good enough to probably fill in as an RB2 role. Maybe not as an actual RB2, but a low end, maybe high end three. And I think Javante Williams is going to be continuing to split with Gordon. But man, the way this season is going, like he is uh, one, one bad injury away or something for him to be a strong play every week.
0: Yeah, I, I I can't really disagree with any of that. Um, yeah, no, I think I think the bones are here definitely for a strong playoff run, uh, but just hopefully not too strong because I need Ezekiel Elliott to not perform. <laughs> so, um, I
2: also think that Antonio Brown, like, I mean, if he comes back healthy, I hope uh, he's been basically a r one when he plays. Like, he he looks like Tom Brady's favorite guy. So, I, I I'm. Throw him in my flex and be really happy about it. And then I'm—I mean, I'm just kind of concerned about RB two and tight end, which you know, w- whatever. I'll fill it in. So we'll see. I, yeah, well, like, uh, like you said, though, I'm not—I don't think I'm as strong as some of the other guys we've spoken about already, but i, I think I can—I can make a
0: push. Mikey, final thought there?
1: Yeah, uh, like I said, I think Logan Thomas is coming back in a week or two, and and when he does, like he's going to be your your go-to every week. Like I think Brown or I know Sanders put up the goose egg, but Brown or Sanders I think is a is a solid weekly flex play when they're healthy. And you got the bare bones, you got the foundation with Mahomes, Elliott, Hill, and Lamb to to make a push uh, in the playoffs, no matter who you go up against.
0: Yeah, doing my draft research, um, looking back at like uh, the wide receivers. There has been an insane amount of value in wide receivers taken in like the seventh, eighth, and ninth rounds in our draft this year. Like there are as many wr ones in like the eighth round as there were in like the second round or something like that. It's been pretty insane, which maybe also says something about the strategy of taking wide receivers early in the draft. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, something something to maybe think about moving
1: forward. Uh, one thing to last point out, like this is a little still on topic, but. Do you think the Madden cover curse continues with with Mahomes this year?
2: Any thoughts? Honestly, I don't even know who's on the cover of Madden. Is it who's Mahomes? Obviously, like you said, but I thought he was on the cover last year too.
1: No, it's it's a, they did the cover this year's Mahomes and Tom Brady.
2: Oh, well, then no. <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady seems like he's doing okay.
1: <laughs> I would I would say Tampa had like so far in the eight games hasn't probably performed to the as as on par as as you know you would probably assume as well
2: i feel like tom brady Brady is having like one of his best seasons ever though i
1: I think tom brady is the only person or only player that can defy the the madden curse (laughs) anyways
2: (laughs) madden curse doesn't
0: apply to goats Exactly. Is, when you, exactly. When you when you kiss your sons on the lips enough and take as much uh, <laughs> fake you know drugs as you can, uh, you can do anything. Uh, so let's move on to Tony's team because Tony's team, I think, is one where uh, I'm curious what to to hear your opinions because I think I I have some pretty strong opinions here. Uh, Mikey, is Tony's team a pretender or a
1: contender? Ah, uh, it, it's tough to say, to be honest, because uh, he has. Absolutely some strong pieces in there, but I am going to have to say pretender. Danny
2: This one's kind of along the lines of Nick. He's in the same bucket for me. I think that that he think if things break right and everyone gets healthy, I think he can 100 percent make a run, but he uh, hasn't been, and I, like as of right now, I have to say pretender, but with with the high upside of, of getting healthy and, and making a run.
0: I agree with you there too. I'm going to say pretender. I feel a little bit more bullish calling this a pretender, though. Um, for the main reasons that, I mean, I don't feel like Christian McCaffrey has been fully healthy for like two years now. And I don't know if we have much to reason to believe that he's going to be. Um, Kareem Hunt looks like he's out fairly long term. And frankly, Antonio Gibson, I don't think, is going to be like he may hope maybe the bye week he gets right. But Antonio Gibson has a grand total of, like, 16 points over the past three weeks as a running back. So he's kind of right in that Miles Sanders vein there. And my gut tells me that regression has to come for Cup. Like, it it seems just wildly unsustainable what's happening there, even though it's been sustained for, like, eight weeks now. So maybe I just need to kind of change my mindset and get on board. Um, but I don't know, My, Mikey, what's the, what's the more pessimistic take here? Like, do you agree with any of that or most of that? Or is there something that maybe stands out to you otherwise?
1: Well, you know, even if McCaffrey is right, like you're literally banging, banking on a huge McCaffrey game and cup to continue this ridiculous run that he's on which he has to regress at some point because outside of that he, he doesn't have much at all like you know Sanders has been absolutely brutal this year even if he's healthy he's had one game with 10 points or more that's absolutely abysmal like you take away that Sanders name this guy wouldn't even be on people's rosters like if you look at what he's produced and how he's been utilized so far this year uh Gibson's not right uh, you know, I know he's hurt and they've been playing him hurt. Uh, hopefully the bye week, like you said, gets him right, but I, I think it's more than that. I think it's he's just he's just not being the Antonio Gibson that we would want him to be this year. Uh, and then outside of that it, it's pretty abysmal like you know as tight ends mediocre outside of cup, his wide receivers are mediocre. So he really is going to have to rely on the back of Stafford, McCaffrey, and Cup the rest of the season.
0: So, Danny, what's the optimistic here? Like, what's, what gives the, you hope for? The, the
2: optimist is Cup uh, kind of continues it, and having that stack with Ca- Stafford is, is huge. McCaffrey could come back to what he was. And then, you know, I, I, I think... We're talking playoffs here, right? If Gibson kinda gets right in the next few weeks, playoffs aren't for another six weeks. So if Gibson can get right and if Sanders comes back gets right. Remember he also has Kareem Hunt on the IR. You know, he'll he'll have a decent amount of running backs that he can fill in. Sanders can even be on his bench. I I think and I like I really like Goddard now actually, now that Ertz was traded. So I, I think that he could he could he could definitely be good. Um, uh, if if you take the the bullish case for you know McCaffrey and Cup especially,
1: Goddard catching, uh, Goddard catching all a uh, hundred yards throwing that uh, Smith does.
2: Think about it this Be way, Mikey. Uh, he only threw for a hundred yards, and Goddard got seventy two of those. What if he throws for three <laughs> hundred? Right, <laughs> right? Like, does like that mean he gets two hundred and ten. <laughs> exactly. no, okay. you didn't extrapolate there but like he's clearly a good a, like a favorite target right like in the limited passing that they made in the Detroit game he got a lot of it so in the game that they do pass I could see Goddard being really good I actually think Goddard is going to be you know top five in the rest of the season um so yeah I a
0: possibility for that too uh but yeah okay so I'm just gonna I'm just trying to keep my log here of what we've said for guys but yeah I yeah, I, I agree with you definitely that this is definitely a, a, a Nick team case as well. Like if the the injuries resolve, could be a contender. But as things stand, I'm going to leave it as a pretender. And we're getting down to two more teams now, gentlemen. So we got. Let's take uh, let's take Steve's team first, because I think it's more fun to finish with Andre, and maybe we can do some dunking if we want to. So let's look at Steve's team. Uh, Danny, uh, you're the one who brought Steve into this league. You're you're kind of Steve's midwife here. Uh, is Steve's team a contender or is it a pretender? Uh, I'm going to lean a pretender. Mikey?
1: I'm going to say contender.
0: Sorry, sorry. I meant pre- contender. I meant, pre- yeah, that's what I meant. Okay, so we got yeah. two on the contender sides. I think I'm there with you. I think I'm going to go, uh, I don't know. I think, yeah, I'm going to go contender. I'm going to, I think I'm swayed enough. Um... Mikey, what makes you feel really confident about Steve's team?
1: Uh, Just how high of a floor his team is. Like, Jalen Hurts, even at his worst, still produces decent enough fantasy value with his running ability, which he's fourth right now overall in quarterback position, and he has been playing well. I can only really see him continuing or getting better. I, I can't see it getting worse from here for Jalen Hurts. So if he can at least keep that, I think that's good. I think he has a good floor in his running backs. Like yes, he doesn't have that RB one esque type of guy, but I think he has enough in Chase Edmonds and Patterson to to like give him a nice floor on a weekly basis. And then his strength is just everywhere else. Like, the depth he has in wide receiver, and then obviously having Kelsey is what's really going to push him. Like, Allen, Cooper, Adams, and then Marquise Brown is probably the best depth in our league right now in that position.
0: Annie, what's maybe the pessimist take here? What, uh, What maybe would make you nervous about Steve's team moving forward? Yeah, I can see what Mikey's
2: saying, and I do agree with him mostly. I, I, uh, that's definitely the, the bullish case. I, I think on, a, on, on the other side of the coin, uh, there's a reason why he got Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper for what he did, right? Like, they have been underperforming relatively. Um, if if there's a chance that they continue that, right? I, I mean, they obviously are good enough talents that they'll have boom games, but I, I I'm not sure that they're WR1s the rest of the way. I hope they are because I have them in other leagues, but uh, there's a chance that they're not, right? And and Kelsey isn't Kelsey this year. Um, But like you said, Mikey, if KC kind of comes back, and I think, you know, Kelsey is going to be a big part of that. So I I think there is definitely still some downside because he bought low on a lot of these guys, which was great for him. And I think if those guys return to, you know, their talent level and production in terms of what they can do, I definitely think Steve will and can be a pretend like a contender big time um i think it's just dependent on that i think banking on talent is probably a good idea though
1: the crazy part about kelsey is as bad as 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 not kelsey like as he's been this season he's still number one in tight end
0: yeah and there's still value to be gotten there too for sure like you know is is kelsey going to be putting up you know teen high teens every week probably not at this point but Will he still be enough to be an advantage over most players in the league? Uh, I would definitely agree with that. But I've got i got a question that I want to throw out to y'all. Um, over under four and a half. How many of the players in Tony's in Steve's starting lineup right now does he have in the playoffs? <laughs>
2: um. I. I mean. I spoke to Steve today. So, so he said he's, he's said, trading. He no. Well, I'm. I'm not trying to trade with him. I was just asking him some questions, and he was saying that. He is is happy with his team, and he he thinks he, he says he's going to be a little bit less active on the trade front because of that. But um, I don't know. I, I Steve. I feel like he's the guy that just gets the itch and just kind of loves trading. So I mean, I think in a few weeks that changes, especially as we approach the deadline. So I'd still, I'd still say under. I think he pulls off one or two deals still. Um, but I don't know if it's four players.
0: My prediction right now is. I'm already going to envision a. I think it's going to be a Marquise Brown and Chase Edmonds package for. I'm trying to think what running back. <laughs> Just name there. someone I on your team. <laughs> i, I <try> to like. <laughs> there we go. It's going to be Marquise Brown and Chase Edmonds for for James Robinson. I'm calling the trade right now. I I don't I don't think
2: Paul gives up Robinson. I don't.
0: I, Paul doesn't like giving up his players. I, don't, I had I don't. to really work them down for digs and that's, let's you know that's how that worked out. And that's the issue. I,
2: I think, uh, uh, and I kind of t- spoke to Steve about this after his trade, uh, when he gave away Gibson for those other guys, I, I, I think running backs are so hard to get. There's a reason why you people pay premium for them. Um, so I think he might have a tough time getting one. And I know he, he ideally would want to, I think he mentioned that in the chat. Um, it's just he has some depth to get it it's just whether people are willing to, to you know trade for wide receivers basically is what he has right so i don't know i, I yeah. think that's the trade he makes right he trades his, his wide receiver depth for running back for sure but i also i mean we haven't really spoken about chris carson too right he's a running back who who's good when he's healthy but um i have honest serious doubts that he's going to come back and play this year i know he wants to but I don't know how you can have a debilitating chronic neck injury and you know come back and be a running back and run through the trenches like that seems like wild.
0: It doesn't seem like the most ideal thing to do to one's body if that's the case. Yeah, I, I think he'll want to
2: come back and he might come back, but I'm I don't know, I'm just worried that he, he, he's not going to come back and be Chris Carson. So, anyways, I, I I mean like like we we touched on it. I still think he's a. Uh, I keep saying pretender, He's a contender, um, but uh, I, I think he has what really, it really high wants variance. To say, Danny, your heart knows <laughs> what it wants to say. I, I think he has really high variance with a lot of those other guys. Like it's similar to me in the same bucket as like Nick and 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 uh, Tony, but not injury related. I think I think if if the teams that the players that he have bounce back and be who they, I think they can be, then he he'll, he'll make a really strong push.
0: All right, let's let's move to our final team uh, in the league. We've got right smack dab in the middle at number seven. We've got Show Me the Mooney. We've got Andre's team. Uh, Danny, let's start with you. Andre's team, contender or pretender? Uh, I I I'm leaning pretender.
2: Unfortunately, I I yeah. We can go okay. into
0: reasons after, but let's let's stick yeah. with that. Mikey,
1: ooh, I'm I'm gonna actually say contender
0: my heart wants to say pretender. So I'm going to say that I'm going to say, (laughs) uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I definitely see the optimist case here, but Mikey, why don't, why don't you lay it out for us?
1: Uh, trust me. I, I really, really would want to say pretender for Andre's team. Uh, but unfortunately I'm, I'm going to be honest here with what he has. And I, I think, Uh, You know, Aaron Jones, obviously, is a solid RB1. His biggest weakness is going to be the RB2, and it's going to be all season. But I think with Metcalf and Jefferson, and now, I think, with Noel Ridley, you're going to see the insurgence of Pitts. He has a good enough core that can, if he gets into the playoffs, make a push there. Um... I really am intrigued to see how Pitts is going to be the second half of the season with Noel Ridley there, probably more targets. Now he's going to like accoladed with the playbook. Uh, I think he can make a strong push, to, to be honest, to be uh, like the top two tight end uh, to finish off the season. And, and I think that could help him push. And, and you saw, like, with uh, Wilson or Noel Wilson, Metcalf has still been a strong play. So I think he has a good enough core here with Jones, Metcalf, Jefferson and Pitts uh to to make a to make a push here.
0: I'm actually going to push back on the Kyle Pitts point because mm-hmm. I think Ridley going out makes Pitts the number 1 receiving option and I think he was even saying like I remember I I think I saw someone tweet about this. Like Pitts was seeing way more coverage over the top so like I think the big playability is going to go way down for Pitts. I think Ridley actually lowers his ceiling quite a bit. Um, and I also disagree with on the running back, too, because I think Elijah Mitchell might be a really strong running back play for the rest of the year. Uh, it's actually the you yeah, know, running back is not the position where I'm really significantly worried about for Andre other than the fact that San Francisco running backs are voodoo, and who knows what the hell is going on there. but i'm I'm not bullish on Pitts. I was bullish on Sutton before, but after seeing the first game back with Jerry Judy there, uh, it seems like things are going to be so spread out that no one's going to really rise above the the crop there. And I'm not sure how confident we can feel about Dak Prescott, frankly. Like, I know they they say he's been healthy, but even in the first few games of the year, like, he, he wasn't really uh, a standout great quarterback. I mean, he had definitely some high games, but also some middling to low games. Um, I see Andre's team, again, I think Andre's team is definitely a high-variance one, too where, you know, we can see some boom weeks and also some bust weeks. And I think when you can see those bust weeks, frankly, that that makes me less confident in your contender status. And that's kind of why I lean pretender there. Uh, Danny, any, any comments you want to make there or anything that you maybe disagree with that you heard from me or Mikey?
2: Uh, no, I agree with what you said, Kate. Mainly, especially the Pitts point, I was going to say that too. I, I do think he's probably less valuable without Ridley there. Same with Sutton. I, I would say the, the reason that what the swing for me in the uh, contender pretender for him was Eliza, Elijah Mitchell, who I really like right now. But I have concerns that when Jeff Wilson Jr. comes back, they'll either they'll, they'll split it in some capacity. Because Wilson was like really good when he played and started for them uh, last year and I think the year before. Um, so I, I don't know if Mitchell was going to get all of the work. Um, and, and if he was guaranteed to, then I would 100% put Andre's team in the contender phase. But because outside of those two guys, I think he really has nothing back there, right? Sermon, Penny, and Howard. So I, I don't think he could put someone in and in, in even get like a guaranteed five points. Um, so that that's really where
0: my big concern is. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, uh, 100%. Um... So, yeah, I mean, guys, we did it. So just to run down kind of some of the tiers that we have here, uh, our top tier contenders appear to be Paul, Taras, and Steve uh, with a follow-up tier of me and Danny, and then followed that up with John, kind of a mix of John, Tony, uh, Nick, and Andre, uh, and then bottom of the barrel, we seem to have uh, Chris and Mikey down there. Uh, so that kind of wraps up our thoughts here. Folks, after you listen to this hop in the chat, explain your butt hurts, sh- uh, strut your stuff a little bit. We're we're really excited. I, I really want to see this uh, cause a commotion. Uh, but before we take off, I want to thank our two guests here for taking, you know, the, the, the near hour and a half here to come break down these games with us. I'm, excited uh, you know i know come playoff time we'll do a big pot again Um, mikey you won't be a part of that but danny i'll look forward to talking to you again uh when it comes playoff (laughs) um danny thanks for coming on danny any any final parting shots you want to make before we take off and then after that i'll give mikey a chance yeah
2: i i want to say to everyone that's listening uh nothing personal with this if i did say your team is a pretender except john uh who it is very much personal, who, who slandered my name in the last pod he was on. So I wanted to throw a little shade his way. I, I think last season he started off hot and kind of, you know, face planted. And uh, I see that happening again this year. So uh, let's go see that let's happen. Go. All
0: right. Mikey, what, any parting shots that you want to make? Any, you, want to, you want to place your flag down and, and talk about your second half
1: comeback? Uh, you know what? I, it's not over. It's, it's over when it's over, and I, I am going to make the playoffs. I will find a way, and it will happen. And I don't think anybody is safe from the top right to the bottom. Every single person has a chance to make it or not make it, except for maybe Chris's team. I, I don't know about Chris, but uh, I, I really think it's anybody's game, just how tight the standings really are. Um, and I'm excited to see what the second half is uh, going to bring to the table.
0: As I think we all agree with that. I think we're all really excited for the second half. So, folks, we'll be back here next week with a more conventional pod, uh, bringing another guest on to talk about kind of the, the Week 9 action and then looking ahead to Week 10. But until that time, keep crying.